0: Welcome to the Programmatic Digest, a podcast dedicated to review industry headlines and trends in the programmatic and digital ad tech world. I'm Ellen Parker, your host and Chief Programmatic Sensei of Ellen Parker Consulting, where we offer customizable training in programmatic media. Welcome to the Programmatic Digest podcast. Mike, how are you doing today?
1: Ellen, I'm doing great. It's great to be with you.
0: I am excited to talk because we're going to talk about the future of programmatic media buying, but also we're going to talk about, uh, you know, purchase-based insight and the predictive consumer (laughs) behavioral patterns. We're going to talk about a lot of exciting things today, Um, but before we get to that sexy talk, how about you tell us a little bit about yourself, (laughs) where you are now, how you got to where you are um, at Affinity Solution?
1: Sure, it's been a great uh, long journey, long road. Uh, first third of my career was in uh, was in media and publishing. I spent 20 years of my life with Forbes Media. Grew up across nice. all the channels there. Wow. Okay. I am a, I am a man of a certain age, so I started selling, <laughs> face in magazines. If you wow, can so cool. And, and then we of course evolved to digital, and then uh, then native, and then programmatic on the other side of that. So it's it's that that. Two thirds of my career in media. The last third of my career has been all in data and tech, martech and ad tech specifically. Mm-hmm. And then Affinity Solutions, uh, you know, we're uh, we have this really high fidelity transaction data set. So it feels like the the perfect worlds colliding. You, know, you get to bring all yeah. that experience together uh, around uh, how we can how we can help brands achieve better outcomes.
0: That's really cool. So Affinity Solution, which is different than Affinity Answers. That's correct. What is? Um, thank you for clarifying. Uh, what is Affinity Solution?
1: Yeah. So short version is, and we always like to talk about who we're helping first, right? Mm-hmm. You know, we have this um, this mission to help brands, in particular CMOs, and the orbit that surrounds CMOs mm-hmm. uh, make better bets by using uh, predictive data. In our in our case, data is is transaction data. We source the data through uh, a 20-year loyalty uh, relationship we've had with the credit card issuers and, and financial providers. Yeah, and it's a very virtuous relationship because we're actually we actually drive value back to the to the card holder, mm-hmm. and we have wide rights that tied to consents. We are uh, allowed to responsibly use all this great data that we get every night on about 100 million cards. Yeah, to solve some of the big problems that uh, that CMOs. Uh, struggle with today and really the burden of proof that they have to, to show the CFO in that organization or the C-Suite or even the board that the work, the great work that they're doing really is paying off for the enterprise.
0: Gotcha. So it's very transactional data. It's correct. Okay. So would you be considered, uh, for the listeners and myself, would you be considered into, if we have to categorize you in the programmatic ecosystem, would you be considered a data provider?
1: We would be. That's that's one of the ways you could think about us. In fact, we mm-hmm. we we uh, we we merchandize our data across the digital ecosystems. Today, we build audiences and syndicate those audiences across the platforms, the trade ramp LiveRamp, Mobi, others. We have direct relationships with all the large holdco's and their agencies. They use our data to derive insights for mm-hmm. uh, for for more more predictive planning. And you, you think about using it across that ecosystem, from planning to outcomes to measurement. Uh, all that data. Uh, that data and that data set and the derivative solutions we built from that data are active today across those partners.
0: Got it. So before we talk about media buying Mm -hmm. and how we can help our listeners, of course, uh, I like to ask this question because we all have a different understand of words. We use words differently and words have a large meaning, a larger meaning than we even realize. So if you had to explain what you do or what programmatic media buying is to my niece, Mina, who is seven years old, how would you do that? OK, so I'm going to take the next 30 seconds to let you know about the reached frequency, which is a course you have asked me for. OK, and I've spent a lot of time crafting every single lesson just for you why should you even consider and then i'm already pretty aware of what's going on programmatic advertising i love your podcast content this is where i'm here cool great but you may know somebody that really wants to learn about programmatic advertising and don't know where to start right most likely you've received training via your current job or via a previous job, right? You work for an agency, you work for a partner, a vendor in the industry, and they provided uh, the the training, right? Is that how you got here? Well, did you know that that's the actually the only way to get training nowadays? Like, if for any one of our friends in the digital marketing world, it's really hard for us to for them to really learn anything if they don't know who, where, and 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 really what to look for. So, the reach and frequency course is geared for those people. It's going to take you from zero to 100, from fundamentals to how to run a successful programmatic media campaign, how to run a successful department. If you wish to be a leader or lead a department in programmatic advertising, the Reach and Frequency course is for you. OK, we talk about we talk about anything from fundamentals. We talk about anything from who are the key players in the industry. But the biggest thing is that I give you my recommendation, my feedback, my guides. I was a trader. I was a buyer for a few <laughs> for eight plus years, right? And I led teams, I led teams of buyers. So I'm really, really, really good when it comes to running a programmatic advertising strategy, implementing, executing, optimizing and reporting on, and then selling some more. I'm really good at that. So yeah, you can probably get most of this training out there, great. Don't only stop at with my course, continue training, because that's what it's all about, right? But what you won't get anywhere else and you'll get with me is all of that experience I've been able to gather, you've been able to implement. Like this is an interactive course for you to learn anything you should know about programmatic advertising, whether you're already working in it or you're trying to work in the industry. So check out the Reach and Frequency course brought to you by me, your very own programmatic coach. I'm very grateful for this experience that I've gone through the last two years. And I'm here to teach you everything that I know. Check out reachandfrequency.live, reachandfrequency.live. And now back to the episode.
1: Hmm, (laughs) good one. I have five kids and they were all seven at one. Age and
0: at one time, <laughs>
1: I'm going to take myself in the wayback machine and get to those moment. I would probably reach into my wallet and say, "Daddy has a credit card. Daddy has lots of credit cards, and this okay. works like money." And when we go to uh, the store, to the American Girl store, to to buy you uh, that doll, Daddy's going to use this credit card to to pay for this and. Because daddy's going to use that credit card, the store gets to know a lot about daddy, gets mm-hmm. to know um,
0: information.
1: Yeah. It gets, to, it gets the information about um how much the purchase costs. You know, yeah. how much did the doll cost today? They get to see that. They get to know that we're in our store in Novi, Michigan, uh, that they get to, s- to see that. So they get to know some things about daddy. And because they know those things uh they can help us uh, create more personalized experiences for you and me when we think about the next thing that you may want to buy after the american girl Hmm,
0: that's pretty good okay so that person, i don't know I, I
1: don't know i think she'd still be going what are you talking about dad just take the doll let's go <laughs>
0: you know seven i feel like seven year olds are
1: smarter Updating am dating myself american girl probably isn't even a thing anymore so uh
0: <laughs> it's all good it's all good this is a judgment-free zone at least oh recording. offline off we, we might you know i might message you on the side about things but uh well great well thank you for explaining that uh i like to hear how everybody explains it it's very interesting it's very interesting how everybody understands comprehend things um so let's talk about the future of programmatic um media buying so, so for, for our listeners again that are may not be familiar with it, what do you, what is affinity solutions definition or like stand of media buying before we even talk about the future? Like what are some of the things that you do or what are media buying? And then what are some of the things you do in this process of media buying? Because 50% of the audience are media buyers, traders, and the other 50% are actually in the C-suite level, in a leading or leadership position. Um, sure. So, for both of our audience, like, how would you define media buying, and how would you define like how Affinity Solution position
1: themselves? So, yes, I'm going to try to be concise and, and clear. Mm-hmm. I, I think about um, media buying really as a continuum. You know, ultimately, there's work that happens before someone decides to buy anything in our life. Yeah, right? yeah, we research it, we plan it, uh, and initially. Um, you want to be able to develop audiences and a, and a strategic plan uh, based on what you're trying to accomplish, either if you're the buyer for your client or if you are the client for your own business, you know what are the outcomes we're we're seeking. And in that in that stage, the question is, do I have the insights uh, to inform a, a plan that's predictive? Can I make those more mm-hmm. predictive bets that I talked about earlier? Um, can I validate those things before uh, I decide to spend any money? Now, that's yeah. a really important question. And I, and I, by the way, I don't mean to get off topic here. I do think we have the benefit and you live in this, right? We, we live from inflection point to inflection point in this business, which keeps us all on our toes and interested. And I think uh, we're living through a couple of those right now. Right. And, and here we go. Right. The deprecating cookie and, and, uh, And where we go next, uh, we'll talk about that perhaps. And Mm -hmm. and then, of course, the pressure on the legacy rating systems and how they're having to evolve, which invites uh, innovative new ideas. Mm -hmm. So uh, the the future of media planning and buying, uh, I believe, will increasingly put pressure on predictability and proof because CMOs are under pressure to make better bets. Mm. That's how I think about it.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And oh my gosh, it must be really exciting or maybe challenging. I like to flip the coin and see the positive. So I'm going to say exciting. It must be exciting to be in a position that you are now with all of these updates, right? If we pull in the, the conversation in the future of the future of programmatic media, I'm sorry, media buying, how do you even position certain conversation with a brand, right? Or with an agency that, maybe don't have that in their focus at the moment, even though they should, everybody should. How do you have those conversations? How do you brace those conversations? Like, oh, you know what? Like being in business development versus being in media buying, those are two different worlds. How do you make sure to like build that trust, that relationship with your future client or your current clients to really set the stage for how... What type of solution pun no intended you have for them
1: Right. So, so I'm, I mean, in, first of all, we we start with humility, right? I'll use the word that okay. you used uh, earlier uh, and you convert that to empathy, which requires some understanding of the industry that they're in and the, and the problems that they're trying to solve. Okay. Mm-hmm. And if we do that authentically and in a genuine way, mm-hmm. um, with expertise, then, you would hope at that moment there's some disarming that happens and we're inviting we're invited to have a conversation that's uh, mm-hmm. that's really open and collaborative. And the the reality is if you have those insights walking in and I'm having a discussion with a brand and I'm able to say, you have a lot of information about customers that you have, your customers when they're interacting with you in your stores and on your website. Yes, I do. But it, Starts to get blurry when you contemplate uh, access to information that shows how they're spending their money when they aren't engaged with you, when they're spending money across categories, either directly in your category with your competitors or adjacent categories that may inform lifestyle habits that could drive and derive better insights. And acknowledgement is always yes, you're right. That allows us then to lead them to our solutions, which allows, which provides, uh, data that allows them to open that aperture and see purchase behavior of these consumers across the ecosystem, not just within their stores and websites. When you're, allowed, when you're able to open the, web, uh, the aperture to, to see that behavior, it unlocks all kinds of uh, high level use cases for better planning, better pre- better predictive, high fidelity audiences, those things that you can create with the acknowledgement that I'm going to know more about the behavior mm. of my end user customer and create Uh, solutions and ultimately experiences based on that insight yeah
0: so it's more educating it's more really nurturing like oh this is happening right now this is how we can help but this is also what you should know
1: the last thing we talk about is our solution by the way Mm -hmm. Uh, I mean if you have a ultimately you want to lead them there because we do believe we we have a solution that's incredibly unique in the in the marketplace and we can fulfill that promise on the other end, but that's the last thing we talk about.
0: Okay, so talking about the solution, right? Because I think one of our topic here was the power of purchase-based insight. Um, so, how what how are like, consumer behavioral patterns in general tying into into that whole power purchase purchase-based insight? So. What I'm asking is that I think we need to break down a little bit more what that means first <laughs> and also yeah, how yeah. important or why, right? The, explain the why, everyone on the call should consider looking for those type of audience segmentation in their media buying, um, whether with affinity solutions or not. Like, What right. are the importance of understanding just the consumer behavior?
1: So you think historically audiences are built on the back of of, uh, age and gender and then some lifestyle indicators to to create audiences uh, that we target. Our thesis, our innovation that we're bringing to bear is the what if. It's rhetorical because we know that we can't believe we can. Mm -hmm. If we can start to, to create metrics that tie to things like purchasers in the home and level of spend, and 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 you're able then at that point if you contemplate program and the qualification against a, an audience it's possible that program A and program B might look very similar uh, mm-hmm. in with regard to the indices and the uplift that you would get by targeting those programs wherever mm-hmm. they may be across whatever channels but what if if we could uh, effectively score those programs for a level of spend or purchasers in those households and then program A looks Mm -hmm. a a lot better than program B because the people watching this program have a higher propensity to buy the products that you're trying to sell. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden, the decisions you make about not just how much you advertise, but who and where you advertise, uh, would uh, conceivably would look a lot different. That's our thesis. And you can only do that if you have a signal quality data set that Covers those transactions that we've talked about, like ours. You're right. There's others, but ours is uh, we get ours every day on over 100 million credit cards. So you think about the speed of programmatic uh, today. Our data set actually keeps up where most other data sets would lag, uh, and you'd have to wait. If you think about measurement, you would have to wait weeks, certainly if not months, into the into the campaign to make some decisions about optimization uh, and attribution.
0: Interesting, and so th- I liked what you said because most of the most of the clients I work with are in consulting. Uh, from a consulting perspective, like giving them a recommendation, I've worked with a lot of the a lot a lot of people. This is what they want to do, or just training their people on how to maximize the partnership they already have, existent or the new ones. And one of the questions I encourage everybody to ask is not only. Now, thanks to Sarah Poli at Hearth and Science, it's not only asking about cookie deprecation, how is your partner getting ready for it and helping you get ready for it, but also like to all signal loss? So when when a client of your oh, let me just ask like for anyone interested in affinity solutions, what are what is like what is your perspective on cookie deprecation? How is that even affecting? Um, the way you guys are gathering that data, segmenting those audiences, like what's your, what, what is your recommendation when a client asks like, what about them Google's cookies that's going away? Like, what do you have to say to this? I have a lot to say, but like, what is something you want to tell the people? Okay, we about have a there? Of this? a lot
1: conversation about cookies, they're never great, right? Uh, but but it, but it's what we it's what we had. Right. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. you know, flexible, targetable, trackable, all those things are it did change, certainly transform the way that we thought about uh, thought about media. But you look at the, the you look at other day, uh, other studies out there and consumers aren't overwhelmed by personalized experiences with brands today. They're like, mm, they're kind of left wanting. And if we. If we think and maybe we've over relied on cookies too long to be that key to personalization, I don't I don't I think they're arguably, even if it weren't deprecating, we would be at a point uh, that we would be contemplating a different way mm-hmm. because we too oftentimes are leaving consumers wanting for more yeah. from the brands that they love because cookies just don't do it. So ultimately, you you see i I think we see the continuum. Swinging back to first-party data, clearly, and uh, potentially the the supply side uh, of the equation. Uh, Our data is all first-party data; it's collected that way. We have access to it. It's all deterministically matchable uh, on a number of different keys. Those that would be really important. And the really, I had a, a meeting with a large big box retailer recently, and one of their top three initiatives was, we're Strategically focused on stabilizing and extending our first party data strategy. So, yeah. for me, that's the future. And then figuring out how do you, I'm going to use the word trade on that, not as a currency, but how do you use that uh, in a smart way, developing your own brand keys, who do you work with for identity? You know, all those things mm. uh, will become increasingly uh, important in the post cookie world
0: welcome to the programmatic meetup yay i'm so excited about this community that we're building it's going to be a safe space for media buyers ad ops uh programmatic ninjas data analysts like you and i you know just to come up and talk about our day-to-day challenges in our direct roles some of my some of our wins and some of our Um, opportunities to grow, to educate ourselves. Some of the topic of discussion includes anything from optimization, best practice, QA, templating, workflow, um, operational workflow. I'll have guest appearance. I'm bringing my network to you and the best part of it is that you'll have one-on-one questions with them. I'm so excited about this, yo! I'm so hyped. Um, so what to expect in your membership, right? Um, you can expect one hour call every first and third Wednesday of the month, access to all the recordings for the paid members within our community, um, discounted one on one consulting with me and some of the guests that will be gracing us with their presence and their appearance, customizable training, but most importantly new best friends, y'all. I'm very excited about this opportunity. This is a community for you and I. This is a community for us to just join forces and really, really share, really, just being able to be together in a community. There's so much growth when you're in a community, when you're able to relate to people, or somebody understands where you're coming from, um, from, from different perspective, right? So, so join today. Programmatic Meetup community is open to you. Bring your friends. Tell your friends to bring his friends, to bring her friends and his friends to meet up with us. Um, We respect you. We love you. We appreciate you. We're ready to like uh, support you. So make sure you join the programmatic meetup. Thank you. (laughs) I'm so excited about this. Yeah, I don't know if you can tell, but I'm very excited about it. So thank you so much and see you soon. Mm -hmm. That's really cool because. because... I want to highlight something you said, like you're in book because I'm a bookworm. But um, mm. what Mike said, if you guys missed it, is that all of their data are first-party data. They're all deterministic data. And for any buyers out there, that's like a like a light bulb should be lighting up at the moment on how to reach out to Mike or somebody at Infinity Solution. Because we are still like as a buyer, like somebody trading on the campaign on a daily basis. We're still struggling to really understand, like, where is some of this stuff coming from, and how was this stuff even packaged to us, right? So, deterministic data and first-party data are part of the solution with cookie deprecation, uh, but they're not the only thing. So, with that said, the first thing you should say, you should think about now is like, oh, well, we should implement something like that, and still test, test something. So you mentioned, you know, um, um, I, I, you didn't mention it, but I thought about contextual targeting or even like clarifying other channels, like really making sure that your measurement is is really you got to demystify some things. You got to be able to see what you're doing out there. Um, so I really appreciate the fact that you're not cookie reliant and that there are oh, well, first party is to some extent, but not in this third party cookie reliant um, because it does it will impact performance in the long run. Like, especially from a trader perspective, especially from a buyer's perspective, especially for anybody in the media buying uh, realm. Um, so, so let me ask you this before we move into the closing, um, the closing segment. If there's three things you want everyone listening, let's say if they won the lottery and they decided not to finish to listen to <laughs> the podcast, the rest of the podcast, what is three things you really want them to remember? About from our conversation, I would
1: say that that's easier. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was go to coach mode on this and less yeah. about self, but uh, something that I think would would help them. Mm-hmm. The, fir- the first one says easy, does hard, right? I would stay curious, stay open, stay curious. I don't think any one company mm-hmm. uh, has no. all the answers today. You just said it right. Uh, we have to be open minded to. A number of different things coming together, and our ability to challenge that Good. and to stay curious in that pursuit—that would be thing number one.
0: Yeah, okay, um,
1: thing number two: challenge the industry, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I I believe in us, and I think we have a very unique, uh, well-differentiated solution that could be powerfully transformative. Mm-hmm. But. Everyone's saying some version of that. I, I think in the world of data, the great thing about data is we live in a meritocracy. The best data usually wins. And if it is high fidelity and extensible uh, and scalable, then that, that generally, so test us, right, is what yeah. I'm saying. Challenge us uh, to to prove uh, that, that what we say is, in fact, true. Mm-hmm. And then the, the third thing uh, I would say is invest in yourself. Mm -hmm. right like we're having enough gray in my beard to know that if you invest in yourself over time and the skills required to to be successful Mm -hmm. um it's not all science Mm -hmm. and invest in yourself the techniques uh, training with someone like ellen right it make sure that you continue to sharpen that song those would be the three things that i would uh, ask your audience to think about
0: Yo, that's so dope. Stay curious, be open-minded, and invest in yourself. Everyone listening know by now, hopefully, that I'm very, very big on self-development and investing in your self-development is a must. Um, And it does not need to be only from a professional perspective. Like, literally, since I've been on this journey of entrepreneurship and building my business, every self-investment that I've made (laughs) in my self-development has had nothing to do on how to, you know, understand some of the stuff I do on a daily basis. It's been on the discovery of who I am and what I can do in my values. And it's been, and I'm still on the discovery. So
1: right on. love what you Good said. For you.
0: Yeah, I encourage anybody, like pick up a book that has nothing to do with programmatic and read something that you can continue transferring in your day-to-day and beyond your job today. Because your job does not define you you define your job and you define the rest of it, right? A job comes and go like my my grandma would say. Um, So on that note, like I would be really curious, right? To see, um, to hear rather, what is like one of those skills that you've acquired uh, before working in digital, right? That you maybe had no idea would be so beneficial. Because I train a lot of people that have no experience in marketing or uh, programmatic uh, advertising. And I try to pinpoint those skill sets that they've developed while working, even at a Target, at a Starbucks, that they can pull in in, a digital, <laughs> in the digital world. And it's always the first time. It's always like, no, I don't know nothing. And I'm like, you have six years of experience all over yeah. the. You can pull some skill set, I promise you. So like for anybody listening, what are like one or two skills that you were like, oh, I still use this. Like I still do this thanks to those, that experience I've gathered before digital or before the programmatic
1: world. I'm going to sound a little old school here, but. Go ahead, we're ready for it. <laughs> virtual. In fact, I think the virtual world puts even more pressure on the ability to, to communicate clearly and well. Ah. So invest in yourself. Get some presentation training. Ooh. Be broken down on video. See yourself. Yeah., uh, for me, I was the lead singer in a band, so I was always comfortable uh, on a stage. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, but that that serves me really well still to this day in conversations like this. Mm-hmm. Can you speak clearly in a compelling way? Mm-hmm. And can you write well? Mm-hmm. So communication skills, speaking clearly. Uh, perhaps in an inspirational way, even and being able to communicate well in the in the, in the written form, still timeless to this day.
0: Oh my gosh, that is so such a good. That's just such a good thing to say because, like again, going back to those entry level juniors, like what are those skill sets that you can manage? I always say like you gotta have a good presentation skill. You gotta be able to write what you're doing. For that person, and sometimes it's not about throwing fancy words because we love fancy words in our industry. It's like really <laughs> communicating to that seven-year-old in that um, you know in your audience because we want to talk to that person and we want to make sure they they understand. So I love love what you just said, and I'm not gonna let you go over the fact you said that you're a lead singer. In a band, like, I usually ask for a fun fact, but we're going to use that one as a fun fact. What was the name of the band? Where can the name we of the band, was, the of the band was
1: Fully Restored. Fully Restored. Fully Restored, restored okay. And what yeah. kind of music? <laughs> so we were a a, rock, a blues rock band, but we also oh. did a lot of uh, original composition. I wrote all the lyrics in the band and collaborated oh. with uh, the guitar players. So that, that uh, I mean, you hit on it earlier. I just want to re- reinforce the fact have creative pursuits in your life. Get away from the keyboard and the screen and do other things to stimulate curiosity and creativity. Those are really important.
0: Oh my gosh, I love that. I love that. Well, thank you so much for dropping by, Mike. If anybody has questions, how can they get a hold of you?
1: So they can reach me at mwoods at affinity solutions.com. I'm at Mike A Woods on Twitter and, and I'm Mike A Woods on LinkedIn. <laughs> So those are those are the three ways they they can reach me.
0: And all of Mike's information will be in the show notes down in the job. Dis- I mean, in the description. I'm so used to saying job description in the show notes, the description part of the podcast, or on YouTube. Um, so make sure you reach out to Mike for any question, affinity solution, or just to get some good wisdom because I got a um, major, um, some major ones today. Um, and um, I wanted to ask one final question, but you dropped so many so many wisdoms. Ask me, I'll
1: give you a great book. I was, I was ready for the book.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Tell me a book. I love books. So tell me.
1: (laughs) My all time favorite book. And I never Mm -hmm. read book more than, more than once I've written. I've read this book twice and listened Uh to it is by Ryan holiday. It's called the obstacle is the way.
0: The obstacle is the way. And it's
1: based on ancient stoic philosophy from Marcus Aurelius and Seneca and Epictetus and those cats. Super cool. Mm-hmm. Um, really modern and provocative. Uh, it, it's uh, it's one of those sort of centering, grounding books that remind us that there is the way forward. In some cases, you have to push on through, right? There, yep. You might not be able to go around or under or over. You might have to go through it. It's a great book. Very inspiring.
0: Oh my gosh. Okay. So I'm gonna add it to my list, which gets updated very often because I go through them. Um I even see another book that's called uh, from him that's called Stillness is the key and another one, Courage is calling. So it seems like this guy's pretty dope. You I read, read him all? Them
1: all. I'm gonna use your word. They're really dope. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, pretty dope. And he's young, he's only like 35. And I have to what? remind myself that yeah, it's just incredible story. Um Really uh, cool. about his arc and the stuff he writes i like the way he writes and they it speaks to me
0: okay okay well that's it that's cool. the next one it's gonna be added and then maybe in the last two three weeks i'll be like emailing you about like yo by the way this was dope hit me up yeah i sure will well thank you so much all I'll right
1: bye <laughs> ella thank you so much